Alright, tape one transfer, Saturday, October 4th, year 2014. Oh, I get so confused. <laughs> I am so confused, and I don't know. I think he is, like, um, what's his face? Nelson Rockefeller, I think, was his uncle. Okay. I almost got another John D. Rockefeller, the fifth. One of his children is John D. Rockefeller, the fifth, which is, I think, a very cruel thing to do to a kid. Okay, I already finished. National Popcorn Popping Month. What is your favorite popcorn? Root beer. I'm in the mood for root beer right now. Root beer popcorn? Mm hmm Popcorn comes in root beer flavor? Yes, it does. You're kidding. No. What else can they do to popcorn to kill it? <laughs> Cherry. Oh, gee. I haven't had popcorn in half a year at least. Uh-oh. That used to be, you used to live on popcorn. I loved popcorn. I'm trying to be so good. You know, I'm down to paper and lettuce on my diet. I brought some cookies the other day <laughs> to my heart school. Yeah. They said that they were magical cookies. They had no sugar, no fats, meaning no cholesterol. Yeah. They had no white flour. They had, and I went right down the line. No, no nothing. <laughs> and I said, next time, I'll bring you a box of air. <laughs> I said, just, I said, just, it's incredible. Oh, that's all we can eat is air. So. <laughs> Well, do you want some of your questions? Or do you it's want to really up to you, my. It's you really, like it's really up to your gas tank. My gas tank. You are relying on my gas tank, uh -huh. which was breathing fumes <laughs> when we first started. I know. Well, you, no, I'm, I'm just wait. gonna dub you the bunny. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I will ask you, excuse me, one question. Whatever you worked on the hardest, ask me that one. Oh, what I worked on the hardest is we will have on this day, we'll work on this day, October 5th, the World Series was broadcast for the first time. That was 1921. I thought you'd like that. I like that a lot. And then on the 15th, this is October stuff, the 15th, I Love Lucy premiered in 1951. And on the 19th, October 19th, of what year did the Revolutionary War end? Uh, 1781. One day I'll get you. One day I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll get you. Okay. Let me see here. Uh, you know, you have to have a smart co-host to keep up with you. Ha, ha, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, Andy, Andy, um, and Amos and Andy, Andrew Brown. Oh, oh, oh. He and Hopalong Cassidy. <laughs> I never, who else would think of the connection? <laughs> <laughs> I was teasing about Hopalong. All right, let me see. Well, 
Ferris Walden on here. I've got too much stuff. Okay, we've got a stump welder. Well, <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a short quiz. We have stump Walden, your brain teaser, presidential question, presidential quote, your first lady quote, and your baseball question. Mm, okay, how about stump Walden? Okay. Stump Walden, which show's opening included the character saying, it's a happy life if you don't mind looking up at a headstone because sooner or later you draw trouble a size too big. That's Pat Novak. It was Pat Novak. I thought I'd catch it because I didn't do the whole 14-paragraph opening. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on that opening when I started typing it out. Yeah. Oh, dear. We'll just do a piece of it here. Very good. That was Pat Novak. I really want to give you your presidential question. Please do. Which president owned 80 pairs of pants and changed his pants several times a day? Which is about as quirky as you can get. Lyndon Bain Johnson. No, I don't think he owned more than two pairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not Lyndon. Harding. No. Bill Clinton. No, it was Chester A. Arthur wow. of all people. Wow. What was his middle name? Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. It was Arthur Arthur. I don't know. Alan. I no idea. And Alan? what I learned Chester. from doing some snooping around mm -hmm. is that he did not pronounce his name Alan. He pronounced it Alan. Ah. Oh, figure. This guy was, you know, make you wonder. If all of this stuff was available to the public as it would be today, mm -hmm. would he have been... Voted in? No. Well, he was, he took over for Garfield. Right. Yeah. But he he never went through an election, did he? Or did he? I think if he might have ran and got defeated, but he was never voted. He was a you know took over. Somebody found out that he had eighty pairs of pants. I guess so. Been a hmm. great campaign. Who won? A man who wears eighty pants in the White House. You know. <laughs> He changes his mind as often as he changes his mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they could have murdered him. Oh, yeah. Could have murdered him. Okay, I'm done. Alrighty. I am done in. Say goodnight to the family. Good night, family. Thank you for being with us for so long. My gosh. It did good. This was our you did too, Walden. This was our short show. You did too, this buddy. This was our short show. Yeah. So we are finished. We will be back next week. That is a threat and a promise. Good night, everybody. Good, Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's see here. I guess it's over here I want to play. Yeah, I want to play this song. Whatever this song might be. Here we go. Good morning. There we go. Keep the right song. Good night, everybody. We love you all very, very much. Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning, good 
stars were shining bright. Now the milkman's on his way, it's too late to say goodnight. So good morning, good morning, sunbeams will soon smile through. Good morning, good morning to you and you and you and you. Good morning, good morning, we've gabbed the whole night through. Good morning, good morning to you. Nothing could be grander than to be in Louisiana in the morning. In the morning, it's great to stay up late. Good morning. Just as iffy if we was in Mississippi. When we left the movie show, the future wasn't bright. But came the dawn, the show goes on, and I don't want to say goodnight. Don't say good morning! Good morning! Hey, baby, the good Lord keeps you faithful. I teach one of you out there. Good morning! Whatever, good Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be here. JAWS for Windows is ready. Skype trademark update. Upgrade. Skype. Status online. Select the change status. JAWS for Windows is ready. Windows Media Player. Alt F4. Saturday Night Live Show folder. Alt F4. Skype. Sign in. Alt Tab. Sound Forge Pro 11. Escape. Escape. Enter R. Alt tab, Skype. Skype, sign in heading window enter. Alt F menu A, leaving menus, sound one star, save as dialogue, file name colon edit combo, sound one, zero items. S A T U R D A Y space N I G H E double I T H space P A T R I C I A space.
one zero dash four dash one four tab save as type colon combo box wave left pair in microsoft tab save enter sound forge pro 11.0 dialog an error occurred while saving one or more files the file being rendered has exceeded the maximum size allowed for the selected format okay button enter sound one star enter enter Alt F menu A leaving menus save as dialog file name colon edit combo sound one zero items S A T U R D A Y space N I G A T space W I T A space P A T R I C I A space one zero dash four dash one four tab save as type colon combo box wave Windows Media with X D C A Windows Windows Media Wave Left Pair Video for Wit Sound Designer One Sony Waves Sony Perfect Sony MX Sony AVC Raw Audio Left Quick Time Seven Arc Vorbis NXT Slash MP3 Audio Left Parent Star Dot MP3 Right Parent Tab Save Button Tab Cancel Button Tab Recent Colon Combo Box C Colon Backslash Users Backs Tab Help Dot 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 Tab Template Colon Combo Box Default Template 1 of 10 64KB 96KB 128KB 190-256KBPS CD Transparent Audio 320KBPS CD Transparent Low Quality VBR Stereo 320KBP Low Quality VBR Stereo Audio Medium Quality VBR Stereo Highest Quality VBR Stereo Medium low quality 320 kbps CD transparent 256 kbps CD transparent audio tab custom dot 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 button tab about dot 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 tab save metadata with file check tab generate loudness tab save and colon combo box my documents 404 tab toolbar up one level button tab toolbar recent places button Tab, folder view, list view, not selected, graphic 6 on tab, name, header, bar, tab, file name, co tab, save as type, colon, combo, tab, save, enter, edit. They were supposed to meet us uh, on Tuesday at 9th, on 9th Street in Manhattan. And they didn't realize that their GPS was taking them to 9th Street in Brooklyn. And so that's what uh, put about an hour uh, behind schedule. And we never were able to make up the time. Well, Chris arrived like 15, 20 minutes later. And so uh, uh, that that set things back a little bit as well. But in addition to showing the, that film, uh, they also had a uh, hour long uh, film uh, that he had done of uh, his uh, uh, Tex-Mex music collecting uh, back in 1976. And as a matter of fact, there were a few excerpts from that film that's in uh, Mouse Music. And they had scheduled for later in the evening two more films, but I just you know could not stay uh, 
that late uh, for them because they were supposed to have started at 10 and at 10.30, they were still doing some of the live performances. There were several groups, and I don't have their names here, unfortunately. I have those papers in the uh, in the car. Uh, but uh, it was, uh, oh, wait a minute, I might be able to find it in the photographs. Hold on one second here, because I did take pictures of their CDs, which I was not, I was not able to buy them because I ran out of the house without taking cash with me. So I had $7 in cash on me, and they weren't taking uh, they weren't taking credit cards. I'd already you know, prepaid for my tickets uh, to the screening, so that was uh, uh, no problem. But I wasn't able to buy any of the CDs that uh, that they had. Okay, uh, September 2014, 9:27:14. Um, I see where the pictures of the albums are, and I can enlarge them here uh, that one would be out of focus uh, go back to here Mamie Minch is the I think is the name of the singer, the soloist that was there. And then there was a trio of three, yeah, yeah, maybe Minch, M-I-N-C-H, is uh, was one of the performers, and I would have liked to have gotten her CD. And uh, the, she also was the guitarist in the uh, other group, and I can't read the Then I can't read the name because it's in Spanish, and since it's out of focus, I can't see it. <laughs> That's too bad. I don't have the the paper in front of me that has the schedule. It's out in the car. So, uh, but yeah, so so they were doing um, uh, performances uh, in honor of uh, Lydia um, uh, Mendez, a uh, prominent. Tex Mex performer. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else here which shows the schedule. So, uh, but uh, the the um, you know, so it, it was an interesting uh, you know the, the 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 group the the. Uh, it's late at night. I can't get my words together. The the audience. We had close to three hundred people there, and you know the place was just completely full. And it was a very large room where they were doing the uh, the screening. As I say, this was an old factory, and so they had uh, you know there were loads of of uh, space and performance spaces uh, in this uh, very large factory that is three stories. And they've ripped out most of the you know, part of the uh, uh, the upper floors. Uh, that so the uh, main performance areas are three stories high, and half the building they have uh, an art gallery exhibits on like the second and third uh, stories. 
and there's a big courtyard, and uh, they uh, can do uh, performances uh, outdoors as well. And the um, the audience numbered greater at this special performance than in the theaters. As matter, and and part of it is, I think that a lot of us uh, that. Uh, wanted to see the movie and also found out about this, said, well, this is something which is worth a lot more for $15, which is all it cost. Uh, we could get three different movies <laughs> as well as these live performances rather than for about the same amount of money get just the uh, the movie at the IFC uh, theater. So uh, I think that's part of the reason why attendance was probably down at the theaters and attendance was up uh, here at the uh, at the Pioneer Center. So that was what we did, uh, or what I did last night. Leah was working last right. night, so she didn't get to uh, uh, to go to this. Uh, but the, uh, the film will be out on DVD in November. And I highly recommend it. If anybody is interested in, uh, uh, in uh, all different types of American roots music, folk music, whatever you want to call it, uh, and know the type of things that's on our Hooli records, and are interested in in, uh, in people going around uh, to different parts of the country and doing field recordings. Uh, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, film. One of the points that it, that that I noticed is Chris does a lot of his recording outdoors and I you know, it, it's hard for me to envision uh, how good a sound he is able to get by recording outdoors and for the film they're recording with microphones with the uh, uh, you know, microphones off screen, and you see them setting uh, setting the microphones up as well. Uh, but uh, it the recordings are very close and intimate, even though uh, most of the uh, recordings which they showed were being done outdoors. Uh, the uh, earlier film from 1976 showed a uh, one of the performers. Uh, has his own record company, and it's a building much like the, much like this uh, uh, old factory building, except that one was much much smaller. It almost was like a uh, a garage, a uh, an auto mechanics garage that had been converted into a record company, and they had uh, a little rough recording studio and a small control room, but he also had a uh, mastering disc cutter and <clears throat> they showed a picture of an old Fairchild meter of, uh, looks like from the 1930s like this was a Fairchild cutting machine but it had a very very uh, modern Grampian stereo cutter head a uh, very high quality cutter head they cut the masters there. I guess they did their own plating. They didn't show the making of the uh, of the metal masters. 
but they then showed the pressing machine and it was a totally hand operated uh, pressing machine. They showed him dumping a barrel of the uh, uh, vinyl pellets into the uh, heating unit and it extruding out a lump of the vinyl. <coughs> he takes a lump of vinyl, he puts a label down on the lower master, puts the lump on top of it, affixes a label to the top master, closes the press, slides it in, and then then pulls the, the press out and uh, takes the record out. And, of course, the way compression-molded records are made, there's a lot of extra vinyl at the edge that has to be trimmed off. And he puts it on a small turntable, then takes what looks to be a uh, ratchet, uh, a, a ratchet extender, uh, something that is like three inches long that extends uh, the, uh, you know, if you have a ratchet and, and uh, nut driver and puts it over the spindle of that turntable, hammers it down in place. So that's what's holding the record to the turntable, which actually now goes into the knife cutter that trims the edge of the record that he pulls that extender off, takes the record off, puts it on the spindle of the completed records, and then goes to, to make another pressing. Very crude operation. I would love to find one of the records on that, from that record company. And, you know, that's, you know, it's a handmade, uh, you know, your personal handmade operation. Of of uh, uh, you know from a a small record company, but small is too large a name for it to tell you the truth. But it was fascinating to uh, uh, you know to see that that they they included that that whole segment's like about two minutes long in that film. It's very, you know fascinating to uh, to see this uh, you know. Uh, you know, the, 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 in, in a rural Texas uh, border town, the small record company manufacturing uh, their own records from uh, from recording in the recording studio all the way to uh, to getting the records in the sleeves, pressing the records, and getting into the sleeves. But uh, so that was what we did this week, both in Philadelphia and in Brooklyn, and I think. Uh, we're getting close to two o'clock. Might as well sign off now. Okay. And maybe next week I'll have some stuff uh, that uh, we can play, you know, from probably from both movies and play a little bit of the uh, the Coltrane concert. So uh, you'll get some idea. People will get some idea of what it is like. Although, as I say, go on YouTube and you can hear some of this, I guess, or sure. <coughs> possibly. Um, uh, iTube or Amazon samples, you'll be able to hear a little bit of it. But I'm going to listen to <clears throat> to the CD in the next few days to see how much of the announcing they left in. I thought they would probably try to uh, take the announcing out, uh, the two station identifications. And certainly I don't think they have the, um, uh, the discussion 
afterwards. And I know they don't have Jerry Klein's newscast after it. That's on our <laughs> that's on our master tape, however. <laughs> right. We'll okay. talk next week, Mike. Alrighty. Take care. We'll talk to you then. You bet. Yeah, right. All right, Bye. everybody. We're gonna play a little music here. So stand by. short of sweep so we're gonna be heading off to bed so sir thank you for the opportunity of being here for the station the country our leadership let us do you well we are taking jesus christ's name amen good night everybody but i gave you my heart the whole for windows is ready sound for escape escape enter escape escape alt tab skype sign and heading level 2 alt tab sound forge pro 11 point enter escape escape enter enter alt f men a leaving menus save as dialogue file name colon edit combo sound 2 0 items s u n d a y space n i G H T space nine dash two eight dash one four
tab, save as type tab, save, enter, edit.
Hello, Joey. Yes. This is Walden Hughes of Yesterday USA. Hi, Walden. How are you? Good. And let me introduce you to my two co-hosts, John and Larry Gatman. Hi, Julie. Hi. Glad to Hello, meet there. you. Nice, to, nice meet. to meet you too. This was going to be, <laughs> this was going to be live, but they're having some technical issues, so we think we're probably going to just record it and play it at a more convenient time. Yeah, they're having some issues down in Texas all day long, and so we didn't want to hold you up. So we decided to get, go ahead and pre-record this with you. Okay. So, Larry, you want to do the introduction, and we'll get started? Okay. Um, I have to tell you, this is my first time on my own doing this. Nope. So I'm very, nope. very new. <laughs> That's I'm okay. I'm not sure where to start. No problem. Well, well, because well, what we'll do is if you if you need to stop or if you say something that you say, well, wait, I, we can stop because it's, it's being recorded. Right. So it's and, not a problem. And, and we can edit. It doesn't matter, Julie. So uh, we'll be okay. 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 I usually edit. <laughs> I usually edit anyway, and it's usually me that needs to be edited. Oh, well, I doubt that seriously, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's right. He's right. Oh, John, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, I, uh, you want me to start with, with my history personally or – yeah, we'll do that in a second. We'll do a little okay. introduction. We're going to do a little introduction, and then we'll start with you. Okay. 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 Hi, John and Larry Gassman, along with Walden Hughes for Yesterday USA. And, and on the program this time, we have the uh, pleasure of talking to Julie Dickinson, who is, of course, with the Modern Airs today. The Modern Airs have been around for a very, very long time. And, uh, and she is now, in essence, running the show and making sure everything works so that a younger generation can also enjoy the modern airs. And before we even start talking about you and your career, let's just say thank you for joining us and welcome. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us how you got started with the modern airs. We'll talk a little bit about the history of the group as well. But how did you get started? Because it was obviously well already formed and going and uh, thriving by that time, right? I'm the youngest of three daughters, and uh, unfortunately, my two sisters have both passed uh, within the last six years. I lost my sister Paula last year in April, and I lost my sister Martha uh, in March six years ago. Um, so it's kind of run its, both Paula and Martha sang with Modern Airs for years and years. I always did a lot of uh, in-studio recording with them um, on some of their albums, and um Myself, I had a group with, uh, or actually a duo, with uh, one of the other modern era children, John Scott, who was Fran Scott's son. Uh, we were on and Julie for about 15 years and, well, traveling all over everywhere together. And um, we never um, rode anybody's coattails, so we never mentioned the fact that we were even related to the modern years for years. Silly us that we were, but we were kids then. It was like in 1970, you know, when my father passed away. And um, as a matter of fact, we were working in a Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco when he did that. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a tough night for us. They wouldn't give us a night off, so we persevered. My dad said, no matter what, you guys going to get on there and make the people happy. So that's exactly what we did. Yeah. The show must go on, but that's tough. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we, the new Modernaires, uh, did a show in, in Palm Desert last Wednesday, well, on March the 6th, um, at the McCallum Theater with Peter Marshall, 
and uh, Arthur Duncan mm-hmm. and uh, the four lads, and it was very successful, and um, we're very, very excited about that. But I did tell a little story during the show about uh, it being 83 years since the conception of the modern years. And that was with a young man who went to Lafayette High School in Buffalo, New York. And he and his two buddies uh, ran off to New York City to show the world what a vocal group would sound like. So it's a long history. And uh, my father would be 100 years old this year in December. Hmm. And he shares the same birthday with Frank Sinatra, who was a couple of years younger than him. But uh, that would be December 12th. So this year we're celebrating his life and his insight into what harmony should sound like. And uh, that's pretty much the the vein that I'm trying to bring the group back to. And uh, maybe modernize it a little bit, but we're going back to the acapella five-part harmonies that were so popular back then. Mm -hmm. Because there really wasn't sound equipment and things of that nature. So we had a little segment of our show on the 6th that... We did an acapella version of Moonlight Serenade, which was very, very popular in five-part harmony. Yes, it was. So, yeah, so we are uh, we are thrilled to be back in that vein. I have a wonderful, wonderful musical family now, and we're just loving what we're doing. Are the charts that you sing the charts that were sung back then, or are you doing some things in terms of rearranging? Well, we haven't uh, gotten into... Rearranging a whole lot of things at this point. Uh, we are unearthing some very, very old charts that have the five part harmonies because we now have Scott Whitfield, who is our musical, musical director. And um, we're going to tweak them a little bit to make them a little more current, but uh, you know, you can't change perfection. And a lot of them were just that. And we still use these 75 year old charts. <laughs> They're a little worse for the wear, and some of the guys say, geez, we can barely read these notes, but, you know, <laughs> we like to use them anyway, and we touch them and say, gee, I wonder how many great musicians have actually had their hand on this part. True, true. Have you discovered any new music that, that you didn't realize they had arranged back when the original uh, group was together? Um, there's a lot of original songs that my father wrote, um, 53 to be exact, that are all ASCAP songs, and we are now going through them to see. Um, we're in the process of, of organizing things for our, a new CD we're going to be doing this year. And uh, we're looking at them very seriously. We're looking at some things that um, people in our own group have written. And um, so we'll be doing some really old things that have never been recorded before, and some that have um, in that modern, new modern style other than anything rap or hip-hop or anything that we're not going to go there. <laughs> good, <laughs> I know it's good. very popular today, but that's not our vein at all. So. you have any memories of when you and your sister worked on the Bob Crosby show or the Dean Martin show? Oh, that was the Kelly sisters. Yep. And that is actually the second group of Kelly sisters. The first Kelly sisters were uh, my mother and her sister Judy and her sister Martha. And consequently, the three of us girls were named after them. Grandmother was also Julia. And uh, that's when my mother uh, started um, 
on the road when she was 13 with the Ted Mack Original Amateur Hour, which they won. So they were on that tour for quite a while. Wow. And um, so it, we, from the time I was four or five years old and the Crosby show was on, we were the Kelly sisters and we did our little three-part harmony thing. And that lasted all the way up until 1966. Uh, 1965, we recorded with co-ed label. And um, unfortunately, the records never went anywhere, but we were able to do um, Hollow Blue and Shindig and Ninth Street West and all those shows of that era. And um, then we all branched off and everybody got married and had kids and the Kelly sisters kind of went by the wayside. But um, we still, I still remember it fondly. I still listen to the recordings on occasion. and Pretty nostalgic. Music has been our life's blood for, for years. I don't know what I would do without it. Now I have this large responsibility following in footsteps and it's, uh, it's not an easy thing, but it's a, it's a labor of love for sure. How did the original Modern Airs actually form? Well, they were in, like I say, Lafayette High School in Buffalo, and my dad always had his passion for singing, and uh, Bill Conway and Chuck Goldstein were his buddies, and they just were sitting around one day and just started harmonizing and thought, oh, this is, we have an interesting sound, and they worked on it and worked on it, and uh, they were known as several other things before the modern airs. Um, I have a, a short on film. They were the pre-singing sailors, and they were the three really, uh, weary willies. And uh, Don Juan, two and three, and just <laughs> the list goes on uh, before they came up with the name modern airs. And they pretty much did that when they added Ralph Twister. And just shortly before they did uh, Make the Ballroom Time is where Glenn Miller heard them, decided he needed these guys on his team. So that all started. And this is about, what, 1938, 39? Uh, 30, well, I would say 35, 36. Um, oh, okay. Um, it, it's difficult to actually put my finger on the exact Did your mom and dad keep any of the uh, old transcriptions of the radio broadcast or anything like that? I mean, you know, because we, we, John, Larry, and I helped preserve and look for the history of things like that. Did your family keep the history, or has that been a little hard to find over the years? Um, I don't have much of anything of the old transcriptions. Um, unfortunately... They were put into a storage facility that was not temperature controlled. And we lost a great deal of the original records that they used to record on actual metal. And yep. uh, and tape uh, was destroyed in heat. And so that was, when we unearthed them, it was just heartbreaking to see that that hadn't been preserved. Um, I know that Glenn Miller, uh, his society has in Colorado, the University of Colorado has a lot of stuff. That uh, is a wonderful place to visit. If anybody is a, a really big advocate of Glenn Miller, they have a wonderful, wonderful situation up there. Yeah, that's a lot of his materials. Luckily, has survived, which is terrific. And we, you know, we'll keep looking to see if we can find anything in terms of radio shows. There, there's quite a few, 
few, not only Glenn Miller, but there's a lot of stuff with the modern eras as well. Right. So well, it's funny. A lot of the things that I have, I started uh, collecting memorabilia years ago, and uh, some of the things I purchased off of eBay. And uh, wondering, how did these people get a hold of this? Say, oh, we find them in garage sales or this or that. And, you know, we didn't realize they were important. Well, certainly, 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 uh, was actually hired as a girl singer for Glenn Miller. And the modern airs were, when when she did the song I Know Why, which was the flip side of Chattanooga Choo Choo, modern airs were just supposed to back her up. And um, at that point, uh, mom and dad were married, but um, she was a single and they were a group. And then uh, Miller pretty much put them together to make them five, so... That's how that happened. But uh, the, the story of uh, when my parents first met each other, they couldn't stand each other. So it was kind of a, <laughs> a love-hate relationship musically. <laughs> Did you, um, after the Glenn Miller, um, what happened to your mom and dad's career? Did they, they, they did a lot of recording, then they worked with a lot of different labels. Did, what, can you tell us a little bit what happened to their career? After Glenn Miller? Well, it was difficult for everyone. Um, they did work with Nick uh, Benneke and, uh, and Ray Eberle. Um, and, of course, in the early 50s with the Bob Crosby show. But uh, they did a lot of recordings with uh, Oral and Capitol and Columbia and all of those labels. And um, did very well. They did a couple things for Disney, some film things. And they had a film career. Of course, the Glenn Miller story came out in the 50s as well. And uh, that kind of gave a little resurgence. And then they did a salute to Glenn Miller for years and just repeated engagements and long-term engagements in Vegas and Tahoe, New York, Florida, and places of that nature. But uh, it's just been going on and on and on. And um, my father passed in 70, and Mom kept the group. and. Um, she retired when she remarried and retired. My sister Paula took over, and, and eventually my sister Martha joined. And um, in 2005, um, we lost one of our members, Bill Tracy. And that's when I actually came on as an active member of the Modern Eras. And it was just Martha, Paula, uh, me, and Joe Coyle, who is still with the group. And the four of us just traveled all around the country for an entire year, and little did we know that we'd lose Martha on 6th of March. So it was a very precious time for us, spending that whole year together. And then, of course, Paul and I were able to spend a lot of time together as well. Uh, her passing was so unexpected that, you know, it was uh, kind of a shock. So it took us a little bit to reform and, and uh, find some new members you know, they all have the love of the music and the big band era, and we've got great people. And uh, as I say, I mentioned Scott Whitfield. He's uh, just come on as our musical director in September of last year. And um, 
December of 2011, we hired uh, Ginger Berglund to replace Paula. She was having some uh, lung trouble, and uh, we had to replace her, and so I began singing Maiden. Ginger started singing the second part. Now, Ginger Berglund and Scott Wichler are married, which was lovely, too. That makes it part family. And uh, Joe's been with Bill Coyle's been with the group now for about 15 years. And uh, we have Jim Stevens, who, in his own right, he has a He's on the one-hit wonder wall of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Image of a Girl that came out in 1969, 1970. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or is it 5960? I don't, I don't recall. But um, he's a big band lover. And uh, he does do off shows here and there. And uh, we just have a, an amazingly talented crew. And... Uh, I'm just thrilled to death to have them in the in the family and carrying on the tradition here as long as we possibly can. What's your interesting reaction to to the modern airs by people who go to see big bands today? Is there a lot of good reaction? Well, as I say, our, our concert um, on the 6th of March in Palm Desert, uh, we had one gentleman who was 92 years old who was going to go and fly the next week in an airplane that he flew in World War II, and he was just a wonderful man to talk to, but he used to have a music that influenced his whole entire life. But um, it was we were very, very well received. Um, I think people just appreciate good music, good singing, and good harmony, and a really good band. I mean, there's just something thrilling about a 17-piece band. Yes. That if you haven't experienced it, it's something you really need to experience. We're so used in this day and age hearing guitars and pianos and synthesizers and, and auto-tune in the studio, so everybody sounds perfect all the time. And you catch people in, in real life, in, in live concerts, and they're either backed up by pre-recorded instrumentation or vocals and not a live situation. So when we chose to do uh, Moonlight Serenade a cappella, it was, you could have heard a pin drop in that place. It was just incredible, the reaction that we got. Wow. The big bands, of course, have, have uh, become very popular across a number of generations. And do you find that your audiences are equally uh, diverse from, from young people to those who may remember a lot of the big bands? We did a uh, concert last summer on the 4th of July in a place called Warner Center Park. It's in Woodland Hills, California. And we worked with Horace Height Jr. And we had jitterbug dancers on stage, and we had no less than 5,000 people in that park. Wow. And they just were loving it. I mean, it was just fantastic. We had a great response, and the little kids were dancing around, and really loving course I think we had 18 pieces that day we had a guitar player as well and it was just a wonderful situation of course fireworks always make people excited too <laughs> the music was fantastic and Horace was great and it's just um, a sign of the times where you know it's, it's uh, an expensive situation to hire that many musicians but with us we just love that sound and it's almost imperative that we have that so consequently we don't work near as much as we would love to so we you know we could cut down the size of the band the harmony is still going to be the same our acapellas of course is still going to be the same 
and uh, it's just a matter of you, you do have to bring things forward a little bit and uh, think a little economically about about your arrangements, which is one reason Scott's working on some of the arrangements to to not lose the sound, but maybe cut down on the instrumentation. But as far as you know, live musicians go, you just have to have it. It's just not the same as, as going up and seeing nothing on stage but singers. I mean, you have to see it's the shiny brass and the uniforms and bandstands. It's just something very, very exciting about that for people. What about rehearsals? Nothing, there's nothing like having a big band sound. And for people who've never had that experience to be out next to a big band when it's playing, it's just awesome. It's terrific. Mm -hmm. That's true. What yeah, about rehearsals? Uh, uh, well, most of the guys who are in our collectively asked to play with us when we do um, are guys who played with my parents and you know for a number of years. So they pretty much have the charts memorized. And um, it's exciting for them as well. So there's not much rehearsal time with band except for when we go to the actual job and we get to run over things. We don't need to play them all the way through. And I'm, I'm surprised we didn't have to pass out music, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's thrilling. But uh, as a group, we rehearse a lot. We are really um, trying to coordinate this new CD. We'd like to do uh, sort of like the old Miller, old, new, borrowed, and blue situation. Um, or in this case, old, new, borrowed, and whatever. We're not sure yet. But uh, and we also like to do a new Christmas situation. Uh, we have several songs that we've unearthed that uh, are Christmas-oriented. And uh, uh, by the way, Alan Copeland, who was a member of the Modern Airs for years, did a lot of their arrangements and vocal arrangements, uh, is still around, and he is still going like crazy, still doing arrangements. And uh, he's up in Soulsbyville, California. And as a matter of fact, he just did a, a CD with uh, Peter Marshall. And uh. it's wonderful. But uh, there's something about his ear and five-part harmony that you just can't beat. He has this incredible uh, memory for chord changes and what sounds unique. And, uh, he pretty much gave the modern airs a spin on a very unique sound. It's and I'm, tight, it's, I'm sorry. It's that tight. Okay. It's that tight harmony that makes the modern airs, the Pied Pipers, and others so distinctive. We uh, recently had somebody tell us um, that we should start covering other people's songs from oh the 60s, 70s, and 80s because that's what was hot now and whatever. And he said, oh, you should try to cover some of the Manhattan Transfer stuff. And we went, uh, you realize that the Manhattan Transfer covers the Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> and these kids are so young they don't know. They don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, also, when you when you talk to people who are, are booking situations and they're 22 years old, they don't know who you are. They don't know the history. So it's uh, it's it's a tough world out there. But but you know, people who have uh, good ears and enjoy really really good music is, is what's going to keep us alive. Talk about your website. Um, uh, can people go up there and, and listen in and uh, and and read and, and gain a lot of, of knowledge about the group who may not have been around when it originally existed? Yes, I just, as a matter of fact, I just have a new um, webmaster who's working on it, but it is themodernears.com. And uh, we also have a Facebook page, um, which I probably, because I post things myself, um, have more current things on that. Um, they can hear a lot of the cut, cuts out of the last CD, which was done with Paula. 
and Martha as well. Um, but um, as a matter of fact, we uh, did something um, by Sunday with Scott's 50th birthday, and we just were impromptu, got up and did our Moonlight Serenade a cappella, and somebody filmed it, and it's on Facebook, and uh, I don't know, maybe on YouTube right now. <laughs> but um, that was a lovely evening. But it gives somebody an idea, of, uh, people an idea of what harmony should sound like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to book your group, uh, Julie, just contact the website, right? Just drop you guys an email. Absolutely. And that'd be the best way to get hold of you guys for a booking. Sure. Does your Absolutely. does your booking work the same as some of the other groups who are who now I guess have orchestras that they don't necessarily bring for everything? You they they go to a specific place in the United States. And they grab people who happen to live there and bring them in. Is that what you do too? Uh, we have not had with this particular group. We have now have not had an opportunity to travel much. But uh-huh. uh, with the addition of Scott Whitfield, who is a world-renowned trombone player, um, who also has his own website, um, he knows everybody everywhere. So should we need to go to? You know, Alabama, he can pull together a really nice band because he's so well respected out there. And he's also a very lovely person. So. But, um, you know, there, there will be venues where we can't possibly fit 17 pieces. And, right. you know, we'll be scaling it down somewhat, but the arrangements will still sound very, very large and still be the same wonderful music we've been doing for years. Anything else we have forgotten to ask? Are there ask? any songs Oh, sorry, that, do it again while yeah. I was talking. Go ahead. Are there any songs that people would be disappointed if you guys didn't sing? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think there's a few. If you don't do Chattanooga Choo Choo, forget it. And same with uh, Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree. And Perfidia, of course, was the modern era's first big hit with Glenn Miller. And... Um, they, actually, there's so many of them, and when we do these uh, Glenn Miller reunion shows, we do a lot of them. We pretty much do the same thing. Um, we do, uh, you know, Kalamazoo, of course, and uh, Moonlight Cocktails, and Elmer's Tune. And um, an interesting thing about uh, Moonlight Cocktails is that song was originally recorded by the Marinaires, Ray Everly and the Glenn Miller Orchestra the day after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And nobody wanted to do it. Everybody was so upset. Obviously, they were. um, And just didn't feel like they could get in the studio and do it. And and Bluebird and Glenn said, you know, nothing else. we got to do it for the guys. You know, we just really have to get in there and do it. So they went in and recorded it, and that's what you hear day after. Horrible day in, in the history of this country. Wow. So, again, the show went on. Sure. Did your mom and dad have any good stories about Glenn? Did they like working with Glenn? What what, your, what was your mom and dad's memory of Glenn Miller? I wish I could tell you. Mm. I am not... Our, our, my sisters and my life was interesting because mom and dad were gone most of the time. We spent most of our lives with our aunt and uncle. And uh, it was a, a normal family life for us, and they would come home on occasion. But um, I don't 
since I was not born and during that whole time, uh, he was gone before I was even born. Right. So I, we would just hear occasional stories about uh, filming of orchestra wives and Sun Valley Serenade and things of that nature. We would hear little stories, but I, I really can't tell you. Um, I wish I could. Mm-hmm. Dad, when he was in the hospital, critically ill, said, I wish I would have written that book, and it was uh, 101 Nighters. And he said, I just never had the time to sit down and put paper to pen, or pen to paper. And he had a million stories, and I'm, and they went with him. Wow. Wow. And, you know, same with my mom. She and my sister Paula spent a lot of time on the road together, and they shared a million stories. And unless you write them down or you put them on tape or something, or, or journal. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Very, very important because it all gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, yep. I, being the youngest, youngest, I have more current memories than the old stuff. I never, I wasn't privy to the conversations, so I never got a chance to work with Ray McKinley or anything. My sister Paula did. Right. Johnny Desmond and you know all those people that are gone. Out, Hank Mancini, um, all these wonderful things uh, and wonderful people. Okay, I was just sitting before we called you. I was just thinking in my head. Who left in the Glen Mill Orchestra, and I can think about three. You know, it's getting to be a small little group that actually worked with Glenn 70 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, they left a legacy that that you and your family have carried on. And uh, I know we, John, Larry, and I appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Oh, I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And your website again is is themodernairs.com. And you're also on Facebook. We're also on Facebook, The Modern Airs. Pick it right up, and I'll be happy to friend you. <laughs> That'd be great. Thank Julie. you so much, Julie. We really you. appreciate your time. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. That was good. We did it. Yeah, she was very good. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I've, I've forgotten now. I think Paula Kelly was there at PPB one day. They did a thing about the the big bands and the girl singers. Right.
I get so confused. <laughs> I am so confused, and I don't know. I think he is like um, what's his face? Nelson Rockefeller, I think, was his uncle. Okay. I almost got another John D. Rockefeller, the fifth. One of his children is John D. Rockefeller, the fifth, which is, I think, a very cruel thing to do to a kid. Okay, I refinished National Popcorn Popping Month. What is your favorite popcorn? Root beer. I'm in the mood for root beer right now. Root beer popcorn? Mm-hmm. Popcorn comes in root beer flavor? Yes, it does. You're kidding. No. What else can they do to popcorn to kill it? <laughs> Cherry. Oh, gee. I haven't had popcorn in half a year at least. Uh-oh. That used to, you used to live on popcorn. I loved popcorn. I'm trying to be so good. You know, I'm down to paper and lettuce on my diet. I brought some cookies the other day <laughs> to my heart school. Yeah. They said that they were magical cookies. They had no sugar, no fats, meaning no cholesterol. Yeah. They had no white flour. They had, and I went right down the line. No, no nothing. <laughs> and I said, next time, I'll bring you a box of air. <laughs> I said, just, I said, just, it's incredible. Oh, that's all we can eat is air. So, well, do you want some of your questions? Or do you it's want to really up to you, my, it's you really, like to it's really up to your gas tank. My gas tank. You are relying on my gas tank, uh -huh. which was breathing fumes <laughs> when we first started. I know. Well, you, no. I'm like, just, just going to dub you the bunny. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I will ask you, excuse me, one question. Whatever you worked on the hardest, ask me that one. Oh, what I worked on the hardest is we will have on this day, we'll work on this day, October 5th, the World Series was broadcast for the first time. That was 1921. I thought you'd like that. I like that a lot. And then on the 15th, this is October stuff. The 15th, I Love Lucy premiered in 1951. And on the 19th, October 19th, of what year did the Revolutionary War end? Uh, 1781. One day I'll get you. One day I'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll get you. Okay. Let me see here. Uh, you know, you have to have a smart co-host to keep up with you. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Andy, Andy, um, and Amos and Andy, Andrew Brown. Oh, oh, oh. oh. He and Hopalong Cassidy. <laughs> I never, who else would think of the connection? <laughs> <laughs> I was teasing about Hopalong. All right, let me see. Walt, where is Walden on here? I've got too much stuff. Okay, we've got a stump welder. Walt. <laughs> I think I think this is going to be a short quiz. We have Stump Walden, your brain teaser, presidential question, presidential quote, 
your first lady quote, and your baseball question. Mm, okay. How about Stump Walden? Okay. Stump Walden, which show's opening included the character saying, it's a happy life if you don't mind looking up at a headstone because sooner or later you draw trouble a size too big. That's Pat Novak. It was Pat Novak. I thought I'd catch it because I didn't do the whole 14-paragraph opening. <laughs> it spent a lot of time on that opening when I started typing it out. Yeah. Oh, dear. We'll just do a piece of it here. Very good. That was Pat Novak. I really want to give you your presidential question. Please do. Which president owned 80 pairs of pants and changed his pants several times a day? Which is about as quirky as you can get. Lyndon Bain Johnson. No, I don't think he owned more than two pairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not Lyndon. Harding. No. Bill Clinton. No, it was Chester A. Arthur wow. of all people. Wow. What was his middle name? Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. It was Arthur Arthur. I don't know. Alan. I no idea. And Alan? what I learned Chester. from doing some snooping around mm -hmm. is that he did not pronounce his name Alan. He pronounced it Alan. Ah. Oh, figure. This guy was, you know, make you wonder if all of this stuff was available to the public as it would be today, mm -hmm. would he have been voted in? No. Well, he he took over for Garfield. Right. Yeah. But he, he never went through an election, did he? Or did he? I think if he might have ran and got defeated, but he was never voted. He was a, you know, took over. Somebody found out that he had 80 pairs of pants. I guess so. Been hmm. a great campaign. Who won? A man who wears 80 pants in the White House. You know. <laughs> he changes his mind as often as he changes his, his pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they could have murdered him. Oh, yeah. Could have murdered him. Okay, I'm done. Alrighty. I am done in. Say goodnight to the family. Good night, family. Thank you for being with us for so long. My gosh. It did good. This was our you did too, Walden. This was our short show. You did too, this buddy. This was our short show. Yeah. So we are finished. We will be back next week. That is a threat and a promise. Good night, everybody. Good, good night, night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's see here. I guess it's over here I want to play. Yeah, I want to play this song. Whatever this song might be. There we go. Good there we go. See you the right song. Good night, everybody. We love you all very, very much. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. When the band began to play, the stars were shining bright. Now the milkman's on his way, it's too late to say goodnight. So good morning, good morning, sunbeams will soon smile through. Good morning, good morning.
rather than to be in Louisiana in the morning. In the morning, it's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. Might be just as iffy if we was in Mississippi. When we left the movie show, the future wasn't bright. But came the dawn, the show goes on, and I don't want to say good night. Don't say good morning. Good morning. Drive by me to go to One of you out there. Good morning. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be here. We are taking this request. Amen. Can I everybody? JAWS for Windows is ready. Skype trademark update. Upgrade. Skype. Status online. Select the change status. JAWS for Windows is ready. Windows Media Player. Alt F4. Saturday Night Live Show folder. Alt F4. Skype. Sign in. Alt Tab. SoundForge Pro 11. Escape. Escape. Enter R. Alt tab, Skype. Skype, sign and heading Lewin to enter. Alt F menu A, leaving menus, sound one star, save as dialogue, file name colon edit combo, sound one, zero items. S A T U R D A Y space N I G H E double I T H space P A T R I C I A space one zero dash four dash one four Tab, save as type colon combo box, wave left parent Microsoft tab, save, enter, SoundForge Pro 11.0 dialog, an error occurred while saving one or more files, the file being rendered as exceeded the maximum size allowed for the selected format, OK button, enter, sound one star, enter, 
Enter. Alt F menu A leaving menus save as dialog file name colon edit combo sound one zero items S A T U R D A Y space N I G A T space W I T A space P A T R I C I A space one zero dash four dash one four tab save as type colon combo box wave Windows Media with XDCA Windows Windows Media Wave Left Pair Video for Wit Sound Designer One Sony Wave Sony Perfect Sony MX Sony AVC Raw Audio Left Quick Time Seven Agvorbus Next Slash MP3 Audio Left Pair and Star MP3 Right Parent Tab Save Button Tab Cancel Button Tab Recent Colon Combo Box C Colon Backslash Users Backs Tab Help Dot 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 Tab Template Colon Combo Box Default Template 1 of 10 64K 96K 128K 192KBPS CD Transparent Audio 320KBPS CD Transparent Low Quality VBR Stereo 320KBP Low Quality VBR Stereo Audio Medium Quality VBR Stereo Highest Quality VBR Stereo Medium low quality 320 kbps CD transparent 256 kbps CD transparent audio tab custom dot 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 button tab about dot 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 tab save metadata with file check tab generate loudness tab save and colon combo box my documents 404 tab toolbar up one level button tab toolbar recent places button Tab folder view list view not selected graphic six on tab name header bar tab file name co tab save as type colon combo tab save enter edit They were supposed to meet us uh, on Tuesday at 9th, on 9th Street in Manhattan, and they didn't realize that their GPS was taking them to 9th Street in Brooklyn. And so that's what uh, put uh, about an hour uh, behind schedule, and we never were able to make up the time. Well, Chris arrived like 15, 20 minutes later. And so uh, uh, that that set things back a little bit as well. But in addition to showing the, that film, uh, they also had a uh, hour long uh, film uh, that he had done of uh, his uh, uh, Tex-Mex music collecting uh, back in 1976. And as a matter of fact, there were a few excerpts from that film that's in uh, Mouse Music. And they had scheduled for later in the evening two more films, but I just you know could not stay uh, that late uh, for them because they were supposed to have started at 10 and at 10.30, they were still doing some of the live performances. There were several groups, and I don't have their names here, unfortunately. I have the papers in the, uh, in the car, uh, but uh, it was... Uh, Oh, wait a minute, I might be able to find it in the 
photographs. Hold on one second here, because I did take pictures of their CDs, which I was not, I was not able to buy them because I ran out of the house without taking cash with me. So I had seven dollars in cash on me, and they weren't taking, uh, they weren't taking credit cards. I'd already you know, prepaid for my tickets uh, to the screening, so that was uh, uh, no problem. But I wasn't able to buy any of the CDs that uh, that they had. Okay, uh, September 2014, 9:27:14. Um, I see where the pictures of the albums are, and I can enlarge them here. Uh, that one would be out of focus. Uh, go back to here. Mamie Minch is the, I think is the name of the singer, the soloist that was there. And then there was a trio of three, yeah, yeah. Mamie Minch, M-I-N-C-H, is uh, was one of the performers. And I would have liked to have gotten her CD. And uh, the, she also was the guitarist in the, uh, other group, and I can't read the. Then I can't read the name because it's in Spanish, and since it's out of focus, I can't see it. <laughs> That's too bad. I don't have the the paper in front of me that has the schedule. It's out in the car. So, uh, but yeah, so so they were doing um, uh, performances uh, in honor of uh, Lydian. Um, uh, Mendez, a uh, prominent Tex-Mex performer. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else here which shows the schedule. So, uh, but uh, the the um, no, so it, it was an interesting, uh, you know, the 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 group the the it's late at night. I can't get my words together. The the audience, we had close to 300 people there. And, you know, the place was just completely full. And it was a very large room where they were doing the uh, the screening. As I say, this was an old factory. And so they had, uh, you know, there were loads of, of uh, space and performance spaces uh, in this uh, very large factory that is three stories. And they've ripped out most of the you know, part of the uh, uh, the upper floors. Uh, that so the uh, main performance areas are three stories high, and half the building they have uh, an art gallery exhibits on like the second and third uh, stories. And there's a big courtyard, and uh, they uh, can do uh, performances uh, outdoors as well. And the um, the audience numbered greater at this special performance 
than in the theaters. As matter, and and part of it is, I think that a lot of us uh, that uh, wanted to see the movie and also found out about this said, "Well, this is something which is worth a lot more for fifteen dollars, which is all it cost. Uh, we could get three different movies, <laughs> as well as these live performances, rather than for about the same amount of money get just the uh, the movie at the IFC uh, theater." So uh, I think that's part of the reason why. Attendance was probably down at the theaters, and attendance was up uh, here at uh, at the Pioneer Center. So that was what we did, uh, or what I did last night. Leah was working last right. night, so she didn't get to uh, uh, to go to this. Uh, but the uh, the film will be out on DVD in November, and I highly recommend it if anybody is interested in uh, uh, in. Uh, all different types of American roots music, folk music, whatever you want to call it, uh, and know the type of things that's on our Hooli records, and are interested in in uh, in people going around uh, to different parts of the country and doing field recordings. Uh, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, film. One of the points that, it, that, that I noticed is Chris does a lot of his recording outdoors. And I, you know, it, it's hard for me to envision uh, how good a sound he is able to get by recording outdoors and for the film they're recording with microphones with the uh, uh, you know, microphones off screen and you see them setting uh, setting the microphones up as well uh, but uh, it the recordings are very close and intimate even though uh, most of the uh, recordings which they showed were being done outdoors uh, the uh, earlier film from 1976 showed a uh, one of the performers uh, has his own record company, and it's a building much like the, much like this uh, uh, old factory building, except that one was much much smaller. It almost was like a uh, a garage, a uh, an auto mechanics garage that had been converted into a record company. And they had uh, a little rough recording studio and a small control room. But he also had a uh, mastering disc cutter. And <clears throat> they showed a picture of an old Fairchild meter. Uh, uh, looks like from the 1930s, like this was a Fairchild cutting machine. But it had a very, very... Uh, modern Grampian stereo cutter head, a uh, very high quality cutter head. They cut the masters there. I guess they did their own plating. They didn't show the making of the uh, of the metal masters. But they then showed the pressing machine, and it was a totally hand operated. Uh, pressing machine. They show him dumping a barrel of the uh, uh, vinyl pellets into the uh, heating unit 
and is extruding out a lump of the vinyl. <coughs> he takes a lump of vinyl, he puts a label down on the lower master, puts the lump on top of it, affixes a label to the top master, closes the press, slides it in, and then, then pulls the, the press out and uh, takes the record out. And, of course, the way compression-molded records are made, there's a lot of extra vinyl at the edge that has to be trimmed off. And he puts it on a small turntable, then takes what looks to be a uh, ratchet, uh, a, a ratchet extender, uh, something that is like three inches long that extends uh, the, uh, you know, if you have a ratchet and, and uh, nut driver, and puts it over the spindle of that turntable, hammers it down in place. So that's what's holding the record to the turntable, which actually now goes into the knife cutter that trims the edge of the record that he pulls that extender off, takes the record off, puts it on the spindle of the completed records, and then goes to, to make another pressing. Very crude operation. I would love to find one of the records on that, from that record company. And, you know, that's, you know, it's a handmade, uh, you know, your personal handmade operation of, of uh, uh, you know, from a, a small record company, but small is too large a name for it, to tell you the truth. But it was fascinating to, uh, uh, you know, to see that, that they, they included that, that whole segment's like about two minutes long in that film. It's very, you know, fascinating to, uh, to see this, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 in, in a rural Texas uh, border town, the small record company manufacturing uh, their own records from uh, from recording in the recording studio all the way to uh, to getting the records in the sleeves, pressing the records, and getting into the sleeves. But uh, so that was what we did this week, both in Philadelphia and in Brooklyn, and I think. Uh, we're getting close to two o'clock. Might as well sign off now. Okay. And maybe next week I'll have some stuff uh, that uh, we can play, you know, from probably from both movies and play a little bit of the uh, the Coltrane concert. So uh, you'll get some idea. People will get some idea of what it is like. Although, as I say, go on YouTube and you can hear some of this, I guess, or sure. <coughs> possibly. Um, uh, iTube or Amazon samples, you'll be able to hear a little bit of it. But I'm going to listen to <clears throat> to the CD in the next few days to see how much of the announcing they left in. I thought they would probably try to uh, take the announcing out, uh, the two station identifications. And certainly I don't think they have the, um, uh, the discussion afterwards and i know they don't have jerry klein's newscast after it that's on our <laughs> that's on our master tape however <laughs> right we'll okay talk next week mike all righty take care we'll talk to you then you bet yeah right all right Bye. everybody we're gonna play a little music here so stand by <laughs> Thank you.
but I sing it only to you. The whole world is well, I'm sure it's sweet, so we're gonna be heading off to bed. So, Sir Perdillo, thank you for the opportunity of being here, both the station, the country, our leadership, let it do you well. We are taking Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Good night, everybody. Here's Jack Smith. But I gave you my heart. The whole world is singing my song. But I'll always sing it to you. Jaws for Windows is ready. Sound for Escape. Escape. Enter. Escape. Escape. Alt-Tab. Skype. Sign and Edit Level 2. Alt-Tab. Sound Forge Pro 11.0. Enter. Escape. Escape. Enter. Enter. Alt-F. Menu. Leaving menus. Save as dialog. File name colon edit combo. Sound 2. Zero items. S-U-N-D-A-Y space N-I. GHT space 9-28-14 Tab, save as type tab, save, enter, edit.